stay here for after the service, and they want to do something for you. Amen. We can turn to our book, Bibles, uh, book of Judges, the sixth chapter. As we're turning there, we're having a uh, July 23rd of Friday night, we're having a late night prayer meeting uh, here at the church, um, beginning at 9 o'clock. As if you've been to them before, you, uh, you know uh, what it's about, but we invite everyone here to come July 23rd, Friday night, uh, late night prayer meeting, amen, because when all God needs is two or three people to gather together, right, and anything is possible, amen, and so we're believing for uh, God to show up as he always has, amen, and to touch and minister and, and to help us out, amen, in our lives, and in preparation for this one, we, uh, we want to read a, a, a book together as a church, uh, Spiritual Gifts by David Bernard. Uh, and so if you want to, there's a sign-up sheet out there in the foyer. If you want to sign up uh, for the book, that we can purchase the books, um, get a paperback, or we can do an e-book, whatever one you want to do. Uh, so let us know how many we need to order, and then we can, uh, we'll read them all together and believe in that God's going to do great things, right? Amen. He's given gifts to everybody. Amen. We want to learn and understand about them because we want to be useful in his kingdom, right? We just don't want the few, the, the, the few to handle everything, but God has given everybody a ministry, a gift, and a, a blessing to, to help the body of Christ. Amen. And so we want to loose uh, God's will to be done. And so don't forget to sign up out there so we can order the books. Amen. We're asking for a $10 donation that's uh, to help cover the cost. Amen. It, uh, you can buy it on your own, but uh, it's, it's going to be more than $10. So uh, take advantage of this opportunity. Amen. And help grow uh, with the body of Christ. Amen. The book of Judges, the sixth chapter, verse 11. There came an angel of the Lord and sat under the oak, which was in Ophrah, and that pertained unto Joash, the Abizrite. And his son Gideon threshed wheat by the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. The angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. And Gideon said unto him, O my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then is all this befallen us? And where be all these miracles which our fathers told us, saying, Did not the Lord bring us from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. You see, you can get into the wrong mindset thinking that God forsook them. They actually forsook God. And so don't, let, don't believe the lies of the devil because you can get in a mindset where you're way off balance. Amen. And so here, Gideon didn't understand it was them, the nation, that had forsaken God. The Lord had looked upon him and said, Go in this thy might, that thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Oh, you're complaining about the Midianites? Okay, guess you got a job to do. Have not I sent thee? And he said unto him, O my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor Manasseh. And I am the least in my father's house. Little did he know that uh, the greatest king was also the least in his father's house, David. They didn't want him to be, it's okay to be the least in your house. It means God, God can take you higher than the, uh, other people, amen. And the Lord said unto him, surely I will be with thee, and thou shalt smite the Midianites as one man. Amen, I want to preach to you today from this title, Seeing the Unseen. Seeing the unseen, turn to a few people, greet them in the name of the Lord as you're seated today.
Amen. Growing, growing up as a child, we see the world through a different perspective than the adults do. A child is living in the age of innocence and ignorance, if you will. Children are innocent in that they haven't gotten their soul dirty and tainted with all the toxins and sins of this world. Doesn't mean they're not innocent in your home. Uh, my kids look innocent. They're not innocent. But regarding sin, uh, they're, they're pretty innocent, thank God. Um, and that, that might add to their ignorance that they don't know of all the evils of this world. They don't see all the dangers and the dreadful possibilities out there. But just because they are innocent and ignorant, that does not mean that they are dumb. Oh, the contrary, their minds are like a sponge, and they can recall things that I can't. My girls can tell you more about last year than I can, and they just turned five. So pray for me. They may not know much about the reality that we live in in this present world, but they sure do know everything about the characters that are in their lives. Whether it's cartoon characters or Disney or whatever, whatever things are out there that you allow your kids to watch or entertain or whatever. But uh, let me just say, uh, just because it's a kid cartoon, you need to make sure you're watching it as well. Because some of these cartoons are not very good for kids. And they put in those subliminal messages and start trying to, that's what the world is after. The world's after our kids. They don't care about you. They want your kids and your grandkids and if we allow those things into our lives, we wake up one day and realize what happened. And so they, they understand, they know everything, every detail about the, the princesses and the, the, the heroes and all those things. They know everything about them. The superheroes that are generally uh, are humans that have a superpower or are highly success, successful, if I can be that in speaking today. Highly su successful and skilled, like Superman and Batman and, and whoever else. There's all kinds of them out there. Superheroes are created to show the good and to give people hope. It's amazing how we only see the good that they have. Uh, and we, we focus on their strengths and not their weaknesses. And yet they all have weaknesses, don't they? They all have flaws. And when children imagine themselves as one of these, they don't go around uh, bragging and saying, look at all my flaws and look at all my weaknesses. Here's all my problems and here's all my shortcomings and failures. Children don't look for those things. They're not being critical of every action and every opinion out there. And that's what you do when you grow up. We focus on weaknesses, we focus on flaws and mistakes, and we don't bother looking for the good. And why do we do that as adults? Why do we do that? Once we find a flaw in somebody, we can't unsee it. Once they've sinned and messed up, it's over for them. They've had their chance. They're forever ruined in, in people's eyes. And, and why do we do that as adults? Where did our imaginations go and where did our hope run off to? Sure, we are hit with the world of reality and that causes us to say, 
well, that really can't happen, or that's kind of impossible, or that really wouldn't work out. But, but the child standing next to us says, wow, that's awesome. Wow, that's awesome. I want to do that. And, and they, 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 they want to mimic the things that happen in the, in the cartoons. And, and, and we're, uh, we're there looking at that and says, we know that's not possible. But the kids, they, they don't know that. They, they say, let's go do it. Let's go jump and let's go jump off that building or, or let's go do whatever. Let's, let's follow. Wow, how great that is. Look how great he or she is. And without realizing it, we are thinking, no, no way. Look at what they've done. I, I remember their mistakes and I remember their shortfalls. And we focus on the flaws and the failures and how they don't line up with our expectations of things. And we can put chains on hope. We can put chains on hope and we go ahead and we wrap that person with shackles in our mind. And we write off the superheroes and if, they, if we're not careful, we start looking at other people the same way. Can you believe what he or she did? Or look at their flaws and, and their failures and they'll, they'll never be used or they're not qualified or they can't keep up or they're never good enough. And, and, and then if we're not careful, we start looking at ourselves in the mirror that way. And the only thing that we can see is our flaws and our mistakes and our failures and our shortcomings. And we can begin to question our purpose and Ask, how can God use me? How can God somebody, use somebody like me that I'm no good for the kingdom or uh, I've messed up too many times or I've made too many promises to God that I have not kept up and God using me, well, that's, that's kind of impossible. And we can go through life hanging our head in, in disappointment because We've shackled the hope and we've, we have more doubt than faith and more unbelief than belief. And, uh, but we need to get back to that childlike faith that, and, and see the possibilities and see all the good that can be around us and see the potential, not just in others, but in ourselves and in our marriages and in our homes and in our families. And let's not focus on the failures, but let's look at our potential and let's look at the future of what what God can do if we say, God, help us here. God, help me. I'm going to submit to you in prayer and devotion and dedication. God, what can you do through me if I surrender to you? Maybe that's what Jesus meant when he said in Matthew 18, Verily I say unto you, except ye be converted and become as little children, ye shall not enter the kingdom of heaven. Because little kids, even though they may not understand everything, they have some faith. They can speak hope. They can see past uh, faults and failures. They can see uh, the potential and the future. And they can see the greatness and overlook the flaws and, and whatever situation it might be. My, my girls think I'm, I'm the strongest guy in the world. I haven't told them that I'm not. I just like them saying that and I don't tell them that my my joints hurt and 
and, and, and when they want to come uh, running in the room and want to play tag, and, and I, I, I'm barely awake, and I, I, I'm, my body's in aching and pain, and I don't tell them that I, I'm, I'm that weak, and I, I, I just try to get up and try to play tag as long as I can, because why? All they see me as, as daddy's the hero, and he's the best, and he's, he's the strongest, and, and I don't want to break their, their hope, and I don't want to uh, smash their dreams, but, but that's the kind of reality that we need to start believing in that that we can see the impossible that hey we can see things there that are unseen and that's how God looks at us we look at ourselves and all we're we're frail and we're weak but God can look at you and say I see somebody strong I see a mighty man of valor I see a mighty woman of God why when you are weak then he is strong when we're weak when we're faulty and frail God can step in and say hey use my strength use my ability and you Use my power. And so I think that God can view us the way our kids view us. We look at ourselves as uh, uh, all the mistakes that we've made and, and how, how dirty and blemished we can be. But God looks at us and says, hey, I, I, I clothe you in my righteousness. I don't see any spots in your life. I don't see any blemishes. It's all under the blood. It's all under the name of Jesus Christ. And so when I look at you, I see somebody without spot and without wrinkle, without blemish. Why? Because I've covered you in my grace and mercy and covered you with my blood. That's how we need to view ourselves. Because that's the only way that we're going to be able to stand in heaven is if, if we're declared righteous. And the Bible says that our righteousness is as filthy rags. And so we understand and we know that we, it's not of our own ability. It's not by our might, but it's by God's power and his spirit. And, and so having that perspective to be able to see the unseen, see the things that God sees in our lives. Unless we become like a child, we're not going to make it. When children are faced with the impossible, they have a, a faith to overcome it, and they look for a way to conquer it and remove that mountain. But when adults are faced with the impossible, we just go ahead and say, that's not possible. And we turn around in disappointment. But doesn't the Bible say that with man it may be impossible, but with God all things are possible? That means everything to me. All things are possible. And so why should we be the ones to tear things down and say, no, that can't happen? We should be the ones that say, oh, with God all things are possible. I don't know how it's going to happen, but I believe I have faith like a child that it's going to happen. Didn't Jesus say in Matthew 17, he said, Because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, if ye have faith as a grain of a mustard seed, ye shall say to this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. All you need is the faith of a mustard seed to pick up. And we need to put down the seeds of critiquing, the seeds of condemnation, and start picking up seeds of faith. Why? Because we got to start moving mountains. And the only way we're going to move mountains is with, us, with, with faith and, and believing that God can do it. Leave the doubting to somebody else. Leave the unbelief for somebody else. Mountain? What mountain? I don't see that mountain anymore. Why? Because God's going to bring me through it. He's going to bring me over it or bring me through it or bring me around it. I'm looking beyond the mountain to see what's on the other side of that. 
And I hope that you can see greatness and growth and hope and see joy and see purpose and see all the, see all the things that are unseen right now that just because we can't see them now does not mean that they're there. And don't let our failures of yesterday and of last year cast a shadow on your today and tomorrow. We need to look beyond our current situation and tell yourself, I can see newness of life springing up. I can see something growing that is not growing right now. I can see a new man of God, a new woman of God formed after righteousness. That I can see a new creature in Christ because old things have passed away and behold, all things have become new. And we're not going to let our mistakes of yesterday keep us from moving forward today. They just become a weight. The more we focus on them, the bigger they become in our minds and the heavier they are. And they, they inhibit our progress because we're, we're dealing about our faults and failures from yesterday. Uh, and so we need, to, we need to realize what the Bible says. That's all under the blood. Jesus has forgotten about those things, so we need to forget about them and say, God, lead me to new heights and deeper depths in you. And the only way we're going to do that is we start looking for the impossible and saying, God, show up in my life. One person said, if you are depressed, you're living in the past. If you are anxious, you're living in the future. If you are at peace, you are living in the present. I want to live in the present. I, we're not promised tomorrow, so why waste my mental energy on what something that may not even happen? That's called anxiety. I don't want to live in the past and become depressed about all the things that I missed out on and mistakes I made. Uh, leave that for somebody else. I want to be in the here and now because that's where God is moving in our lives. He's actively moving in our present, and we need to connect with him. To sh God, show me the things that I cannot see. Show me the way that I need to go so that I can go with you uh, to a new tomorrow. We don't want our faults and failures of our past to keep us in the past and to miss out on the peace that God has for today and to miss out on the promises that God has for us tomorrow. Uh, I don't want to come here just for another service and just another time of gathering, just another song, just another message, but I want to hear from heaven. Uh, I want to hear something new. I want God to touch me and baptize me again with the Holy Ghost and fire uh, so I can go out here a new person, a new walk, a new zeal, a new passion for God. Last service may have been great, or last month was great, but we can't live in the past. We've got to live in the present. I don't want to be living off the God of yesterday, but I, I need God in my life today. Amen. And uh, we can uh, easily look around and, and see the, the faults and failures, but if God is going to do something great, we're going to have to look beyond uh, what we see and say there's something else out there that I cannot see and God help me to see that through faith that we, we may think is possible and let God have his way because all of a sudden we're allowing God to use us it's the frequent fable of Israel that they would serve the Lord for a generation and that they would turn from God and serve idols if you understand the 
the, the history of, of Israel, they're up and down, serving God and forsaking God, serving God, forsaking God, a, a roller coaster. And uh, when they did that, life got really difficult because God was against them because they turned their backs on God. God didn't turn their back, his back on them, but they the one that left God and forsook God. But this time, God delivered them into the hand of the Midianites for seven years, meaning he allowed the Midianites to rule over them, and they just wreaked havoc on Israel. Israel was toiling, they're working hard, they're working their fields all season long, and when it came time for harvest, guess who shows up? The Midianites. They weren't there when they're, they're digging the earth and planting the seeds and watering them and, and helping them to grow up and to brace them up so that they can go uh, and survive the, the harvest. No, when it was time to cut the fruit off the tree, guess who showed up? The Midianites. And, and not just a few, but every single last one of them. Uh, and the Bible describes it like this in Judges 6 and 5. They came up with their cattle and their tents. They came as grasshoppers for the multitude. For both they and their camels were without number, and they entered into the land to destroy it. And Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites, and the children of Israel cried unto the Lord. And so harvest time, time to reap all, all your sweat and all your hard work and labor, and, and the Midianites show up like grasshoppers, and they just take everything. That's got to be frustrating. I don't know how they... They managed to do that, uh, allow that to happen for seven years. But after the first time, I'd have been, I'd have been done. Uh, but God delivered them into the hands for seven years, and finally they cried out to God. At the time that Israel was going to reap their harvest, the Midianites show up, and they leave the wrappers, the empty bottles, the food stains everywhere. They leave the masks all over the ground, uh, a giant mess of barrenness. Uh, I, I know at times people in our life can feel like the Midianites. Our family can feel like it. Uh, uh, and you're looking around at just what happened like a herd of wildebeest came through your life and just destroyed everything. And I'm not trying to uh, relate to the Midianites, but uh, uh, Pastor, what if my mountain is my family? And what if the, 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 the battle that I'm facing is my family? Well, you might want to uh, get a hold of that mustard seed of faith and start praying because uh, with God, all things are possible. And I know it can be hard and difficult with family members, but if you stick hold to God, if you keep on seeking Jesus Christ, he's going to make a way where there seems to be no way. As you can imagine, the Israelites were dealing with this for seven years. They finally cried out to the Lord and um, God heard their cry, and had a plan to deliver them out of the hand of the Midianites. And we see this plan come out in verse 11. There came an angel of the Lord that sat under an oak, which is an Ophrah, that pertained unto Joash the Abbey is right, and his son Gideon threshed wheat by the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. And then the angel says, Gideon, you are a mighty man of valor. God is with you. And now Gideon, who, who, who said, he, first he probably looked around, who are you talking to? You talking to me? 
Uh, and he realized that he was the only one hiding behind the wine press, and so it had to be talking to him. And so he, he says, who, me, uh, a mighty man of valor? No, no, you've got the wrong guy. Gideon was just like you and I. He, he grew up listening to stories of, of superheroes and, and men of valor and, and how they would do all these incredible things and conquer the enemy against all odds. And he, I'm sure he probably dressed up and pretended to be like them, but when the angel showed up and, and addressed, addressed him as a mighty man of valor, Gideon said, I, I know who you're talking about, those great and mighty men that were before me, but me, I'm not a mighty man of valor. That's not me. You've got the wrong guy. You see, God, those were, those were cute stories as a child, but I, I'm all grown up now, and I understand reality, and I, I look in the mirror, and I see the reality. I can't be that mighty man of valor. That's not me because I can't do that because here are the facts, God. Here are the facts. My family is the poorest in town. I can't do it. I'm the youngest in my family, and I'm the last in line for anything. There's no way that I'm, you're talking about me. It's my, my older brothers that are before me. They're in the line uh, of succession to receive those things. So I'm the last. There's not going to be anything left for me. But my mountains are too big, and the, the, the shadow they cast over my life is too big to remove. Or how about there are others that are better than me? You go, God, you should go use them. They're, God is, they're, they're better, they're more gifted, they're more qualified than I am. You, you're calling on the wrong man. Or I have too many flaws and failures to be that person. Don't you know what I did last year? Or don't you know, you remember the last time that I made a commitment to you, God, and I, I fell flat on my face? I can't be that mighty man of valor. So terrible how we disqualify ourselves. We don't even need God's opinion. We just go ahead and disqualify ourselves from being used today or tomorrow because of something that happened in our past. That I'm the least in my father's house that I can't do it. Why? Why is it that when the call of God goes out that, that we line up to excuse ourselves instead of lining up for duty? Where's the excuse line? That's where I'm going to go in. Uh, because I have a list of excuses. He, he must be talking about somebody else because that message does not apply to me. Or, uh, uh, no, I, I'm talking about you, Gideon. Come out from behind that wine press and come out behind your mountain and be the mighty man of valor that God has called you to be. That's what the angel delivered the message to. You see, when God looks at us, he sees our problems, but he doesn't focus on them. He sees beyond our problems. He sees our potential. He doesn't see our failures. He sees our future. We get caught, caught up on our failures, and therefore we can't see our future because of our, our failures are so present in our life. Gideon, I, I knew you grew up hearing stories of men defeating tens of thousands of, men, of, of enemy, but I see you as one of those men. I know you've dreamed about being that man, Gideon, that young boy in you, and I, I know deep down that you have a desire to do it, and you have a readiness and a willingness, but you just haven't done anything about it yet. 
I'm not calling to the coward. I'm not calling to the uncommitted. I'm not calling to the failure. But I am calling to that mighty man of valor, that mighty woman of of valor deep down inside of you to to rise up because today is the day you you need to come out from your shadows. This is the time to come out from behind your mountain of failures and start looking past them and say, I can see a future for me. I can see God using me. I can see God. using me to do miracles, signs, and wonders. That's not just for the pastor or preacher, but I can see myself laying my hands on somebody and God healing them through me, through through the prayer of faith. That's all God needs is somebody to say, in Jesus' name, be healed. It doesn't take the preacher to do that. It takes somebody that says, I believe God for the impossible. I can see something that is unseen with the through the eyes of faith, the be healed in Jesus' name. That's all it takes is somebody to step up and say, God can do it. I can't do it, but God can do it. And if God wants to use me, then I'll be the vessel for God to use. And so today, we need to come out from behind our shadows, behind the mountains of failures, and start looking past them. Start looking at that man or woman of God that is called, he is calling you to be. Because the Lord is with us, isn't he? He's not going to leave us or forsake us. And so if the Lord is with us, then we are a mighty man of valor. Or you're a mighty woman of valor. Why? Just because God is with you, that's all you need in your life for Jesus to be there with you. Who is that that God is speaking to? Is that a, a future Sunday school teacher or a preacher or, or a soul winner or a van driver or a cleaner of the church or a prayer warrior or evangelist or a pastor or a missionary? Who does God see you as and who is he calling you to be? Here's a hint. It's, it's not who you were yesterday. We try to put our yesterday into the future and it doesn't really fit well. Because we carry all our faults and failures and say, how can God use somebody like that? Well, I'll tell you how. God left that person in the past. He covered that person with his blood, and he sees somebody different. He sees a mighty man, a mighty woman, and that's who he's calling us to be to use in his kingdom. It's not who we were yesterday, and it's not who we are right now, but it's who you're going to be tomorrow. God sees who you're going to be tomorrow and next year, and that is who God is calling us to be, that man or that woman a year from now. I know we take a look in the mirror and that man or woman seems so far away, but we need to look through the eyes of a child and say, that's a hero. They, they have no weaknesses. They, their joints don't hurt. Their muscles don't ache. They, they have no pain in their bodies. They're, they're always strong. They're the strongest people that I know. Uh, that's how we need to start viewing ourselves because we know it's not our strength. We, try, we tend to lean, lean upon our own understanding way too much, and the Bible says don't do that. So why do we do that? We lean upon our own strength and our own talents and gifts and abilities when God says just lean on me and I'll take care of it. The childlike faith, and you tell that to a child, and they say, okay, makes sense to me. And we try to analyze it and say, well, what if we did this and tweak this out? With God, all things are possible. And that begins with our thinking, and that begins with our perception of how we are to see things that are unseen. Because if we think that we're unqualified, 
then you'll never engage. You'll never step up. You'll never step out because you're always thinking, ah, oh, that's not me. That's not me. I'll, I'll wait for the next opportunity or uh, I'll wait. That, let, let somebody else do that. And, and we keep making ourselves and believing that we are unqualified and therefore we'll never engage. You'll never think you can handle it and you'll never reach for it. To be who God calls us to be, we have to start thinking and looking differently. Not focusing on the things that are seen, but on the things that are unseen. Romans 12 and 2 says, Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You may prove what is good, acceptable, perfect will of God. And, and here describes this transformation process. All Paul says is to be transformed in the renewing of your mind. And obviously we know the other steps we take, uh, repentance and baptism in Jesus' name, fill the Holy Ghost. But once you've, once you've done that, you don't just keep going through that process. He says you pray through. You get through it. You, 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 you get transformed. You renew your mind in the Holy Ghost, and you get the right perspective and the right thinking, and that can help change you and get you on the path that you need to be. The word transform there means metamorphosis. A complete transformation takes place. Like an ugly caterpillar is transformed into a beautiful butterfly. That's basically what happens when you receive the Holy Ghost. You're a new creature. Uh, a metamorphosis has taken place. We are somebody new. Uh, but who is it that we see in the mirror? Do we see the old man or do we see the new person? God is looking at and he's calling the new man, the new woman that he sees. But we have to leave that old person behind. That's not me anymore. Yeah, I maybe used to be like that. I used to do those things. I used to go those places, but not anymore. That old person is long gone. Now I'm somebody new in Jesus Christ. I am a new creature. And God sees me as a mighty man of valor, a mighty woman of valor. All because we encountered Jesus Christ one day. Repenting of our sins, being baptized in Jesus' name and having our sins washed away. Your faults, your failures, you're all buried with him in the waters of baptism. You receive the gift of the Holy Ghost and speaking in other tongues. You receive that power to become the man or woman of God that he has called you to be. We receive that power to be the person God has called us to be. And it's through the Holy Ghost. That's the, that's the avenue to, to reach and become that person is through the Holy Ghost. If we never lean upon the Holy Ghost, uh, we're, we're stuck where we're at. Because we're stuck with the old man. We're stuck in, in carnality, stuck with the flesh. Um, and it's the Holy Ghost that gives us the power to, to see the unseen. 1 Corinthians 2 and 12, it says, Now we have received... Not the spirit of this world, but the spirit of, which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual you see, we cannot compare the spiritual to the natural, and that is sometimes where we often get hung up. We're filled with the Holy Ghost, but we're still in a natural body. And so we try to project this natural body, this natural person to the future of who God has wanted to be. And it can't be like that because there, there's the, the, the spirit that is at work in us, and we can't see that. But God sees who he's calling us to be. 
We hear the supernatural call of God, but then we look in the natural mirror and say, oh, that's not me. Who, who you call a mighty man of valor? That's not me. That's not who I am. And, and for once in our life, we need to be honest with ourselves that, yes, that is not who we are because we are looking at the natural man. The natural man is flawed. The natural man is full of disappointment, and the natural man is a failure, but we have received the spirit of Almighty God, and with that spiritual calling, uh, we are are taken to different levels that the, the flesh cannot take us to. Something that the natural man cannot understand is what the spirit is trying to do in us. And so the spirit is calling that man or that woman of God But we need to listen with our spiritual ears, not with our natural ears. And we need to see through faith and not by sight. We need to walk by faith and not by sight. Walk in the spirit and not in the flesh. And we can see, begin to see the things that are unseen. Verse 14, the natural man receiveth not the things of the spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. And so if, we're, if we have a carnal mind, a carnal eyesight, we're gonna, we miss out on all kinds of things because the Spirit is at work. And if we're not in tune with the Holy Ghost and the Spirit of God, uh, then we're going to miss out on a lot of things. It doesn't make sense. Why would God call me? Why would he want to use me? I'm, I'm flawed or I, I've messed up too many times. You're not thinking right, Gideon. You're not thinking right, Gideon. I'm calling to the spiritual man that is inside of you. Uh, I know he's there because I placed him in there, and that's who I'm calling to when you receive the Holy Ghost. uh, God has placed that new person inside of you. It's time to leave from behind the wine press and step forward into your future, or mighty man or mighty woman of valor, because God has great things in store, and he needs people that believe him, that can believe for the impossible. He needs people, intercessors to rise up and say, I can't see it, God, but I know that you're going to make a way. I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to step out in faith. I'm going to believe for a way to, to, for you to make a way, God, even though I cannot see with that carnal eyes or my mind. I'm going to trust in you and let him have his way. Musicians, if you would come. I know that there is a readiness inside of each of us to want to be that mighty man, that mighty woman that God has called us to be. We feel that pulling and the tugging and the drawing of the Spirit at times, and and we step out in faith in response to the Spirit, and and we'll make commitments and promises to God, and we'll say, God, I want to do this for you, or God, today I'm serious, or today I'm going to start living the way that I need to live, and uh, my devotion is going to be better, I'm going to have better habits, and and what happens is we start going down that path. That old man stands there, that old woman. Old habits will show up. Our weaknesses try to bust through the door. And our, the thorn in our flesh appears. And, and we begin to battle with it. And sometimes you'll stumble or fall back to the ground. And, 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 and we mope around feeling worthless. Because we tried to do better. We reached out. And, and uh, we, we, we wanted to do something. And uh, we, we feel bad because... 
uh, we tried it and we failed. We attempted to be that mighty man of valor, that mighty woman, but it didn't work out. And so I guess I, guess I just got to accept this is the way that I am. Why would we think that uh, we will not face any opposition whenever we want to stand up and declare, I want to be closer to God? I want to do more for you, God. Whenever the enemy hears that, whenever your flesh hears that, they're going to rise up and they're going to they're gonna come at you and they're going to fight you. Why? Because they don't want you becoming that man or woman of God. Your flesh does not want you to do that. Amen. The devil does not want you to be more powerful in God and, and become a, a mighty prayer warrior of God. And so, of course, you're going to face resistance. And so what happens if we're not careful, we'll give up and disqualify ourselves from any other future callings and say, I'll just, show, I'll just sit on the pew and just be happy to be there. That's not what God has called us to be. God has called us to reach this world. God has called us to reach out to the sinners, to go out to them and pull them out of the miry clay, to lay hands upon them, to baptize the sinners in Jesus' name. That's who God has called each and every one of us to do. He has a ministry for all of us, and we got to see ourselves as that man or woman of God, all because the Lord is with us and will give us the power to do that. And so the Bible says that the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. That means when God gives you a gift, spiritual gift, and you fall and mess up and make a mistake, God does not say, oh, you tried. I'm gonna give a, take, let me take that back, and I'm going to give it to somebody else. He says the gifts and callings are without repentance. That says when he gives you the gift, he says that's yours. I know you're going to fall. I know you're going to fail. I know you're going to make mistakes. But, hey, I believe I'm giving you that gift. Why? Because I see the potential in you. I see how mighty you can be. I see how effective you can be in the kingdom of God. You're going to have that gift, and I'm not going to take it back. Why? Because the person that I'm calling has that gifting, has that ability, has that calling in your life, and so I'm not going to take it back because that is for you. That is who I'm calling out. And so God doesn't regret calling you. He does not take back his calling and give it to another. Uh, I'm sorry, get in, wrong person, go back uh, to hiding behind the wine, wine press. No, God does not make mistakes. He's, he's calling to that spiritual man, that spiritual woman inside of you, that mighty man of valor to step out and do what God has called you to do. I know you're stuck behind that fountain, that mountain of fear and failure, but it's time to step out in faith uh, uh, because I know you want to. I know it's uh, deep down inside. I know you're ready and willing because God has placed that inside of you. And so we've got to look past our mountain and step out and pursue the future that God has called us into. If you stand with me today, 2 Corinthians 8 and 10 says, and herein I give my advice. You want to know what Paul's advice is? Here we go. He gives it to you. For this is expedient for you who have begun before not only to do but also to be forward a year ago. He says you guys need to, you guys need to step forward and, and start going and be living up to the potential that God has called you to. Now therefore perform the doing of it. That as there was a readiness to will, 
so there may be a performance also out of that which you have. He says, uh, I know that you have a readiness to do it. I know you have a desire to do it because God has placed that desire inside of you. But he says, now there needs to be a performance of that readiness. There needs to be a doing of it. Paul's advice is, says, there is a readiness to will. There is a willingness to be that person. And there is a desire deep down to be that person. But that desire and that willingness and that readiness is not going to do it all by itself. You're going to have to step out and perform. You're going to have to step out and start doing something about it. You're going to have to step out in faith and say, hey, I felt the calling. I felt the drawing of God. I felt, a, I heard him speak to me. And you can't just sit around and wait for that to happen. You got to say, no, I got to act on that. Why? Because faith without works is dead. Faith without works is dead. We got to do something about it. We have to act on it. We have to step out from behind the wine press. God, I, I can't really see it. I can't see the possibility. Uh, I, I keep running into that mountain in my mind. Let's stop, be, stop being mountain viewers and being mountain movers. Let's start moving the mountains in our lives the, uh, who, and become who God is calling us to be. Gideon, today you're the least in your father's house. But tomorrow you're going to be a leader of the mighty man. 300 mighty men are going to destroy the enemy. Jacob, you've been a deceiver your whole life. But I'm calling to the man that you're going to be tomorrow. That is a prince who has power with God. Rahab, the harlot, you've lived a shameful life. But tomorrow you're going to give birth to an heir. And a savior is going to come from your loins. Saul, I know you're the chiefest among sinners. And Saul, I know you're killing the Christians that I'm baptizing. Ah, but I don't see you as the chiefest among sinners. Tomorrow, you're going to be the greatest apostle this world has ever seen. Don't get stuck with who you see in the mirror today. Ask yourself, who does God see me as tomorrow? Who does God see me three weeks from now? Who is God calling me to be today? I know you've been dealing with that pain for weeks and months now, but you can see, you can see beyond that mountain because God is going to help you see the impossible, to see the unseen. Can you see your miracle? Can you see your healing? We don't need to settle for the here and now, but we have the faith to see the impossible, to step out and say, God, I know you're going to make a way. God, I can't see it. I can't figure it out. But, hey, you're calling me somewhere. You're calling me to do something mighty and great for you. Is there anybody here that wants to respond, that wants to step out in faith and say, God, now's the time. I'm going to step out from behind the wine press and grab a hold of what God has called for me to do. I wonder, I wonder, I wonder how many miracles are here today that we cannot see. How many healings are here waiting for somebody to just step out and say, God, I know I'm hurting. I know I feel the pain. I know I hear the doctor's diagnosis. Hey, but I'm going to reach for something that is unseen. I'm going to reach forward to the future. I'm going to step out into my calling. You've called us to be a mighty man or a mighty woman. Today is the day I'm going to step out. Come on, would you do that? Would you step out of faith today? What is it that you need from God? 
What is it that you need him to do to you today? It can happen. Come on, with all with God, all things are possible. They say this mountain Come on, let's step out. Moved. Come on. Let's move those mountains of doubt that are belief today. Chains will never break. God has called you to a higher calling. But they don't know you like we Come on, do. God is with you. There is power. Come on, He's giving you power. Overcome it. Be that man or woman. We heard that there is no way through. Not today, devil. We heard the tide will never change. Hallelujah, you've called me, Jesus. They haven't seen what you can do. They haven't do. seen what you can do, God. I know. There is power in your name. Come on, there's power here today. There's victory. So much power Victory here today. God can do it. you can see things that other people cannot see and so when you go and you pray for somebody you just you pray for those things that you cannot that they may not be able to see that God has given you a word of knowledge or something and so I want you to find somebody and I want you just to pray for them 
Say, God, use them mightily. Help, help pray for a mighty, a fresh anointing in our lives. Help break down any strongholds in our life that they may not understand or see. Let's just bind together in faith and believe that where two or three agree, anything is possible. God, I pray for my brother. I pray for my sister. God, that you would raise them up and be a mighty man or a mighty woman of God. Come on, let's worship him. Let's pray for one another. Let's bind together in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Use them, Jesus. Help them to overcome their barriers. You are the way when there seems to be no way. Bless my brother. Bless my sister. You have the final say. You are the way. Hallelujah. Hit it. 
Lord. Does anyone believe it? Hallelujah, Jesus. I believe it, Lord. I receive it, Jesus. Hallelujah. You're going to do great things through us, Lord. The gates of hell will not prevail against the church because we're going to go forward in who we are called to be. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. We're all, we're all members of one body. We all have our part to, to play, and we've got to do that part the best that we can. If we're going to go forward and, and see revival, we've got to move as, as one body, one mind, and one accord. Amen. That includes everybody doing what they're called to do. Amen. And then nothing can stop us. Amen. The gates of hell are not going to prevail against a church. Amen. Against people that are mighty in, in prayer and mighty in devotion and mighty in connecting to God. Amen. We're going to see great things. Amen. We, uh, the, uh, the kids are going to come out and they're going to uh, show us what they have been learning. So you can take your seats. Amen.